0: Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services.
1: This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Evan Shankman, the Senior Director of Knowledge Management at Fisher Phillips, a labor and employment law firm. Hi, Evan. How are you? I'm fine, Ari. Thanks so much for having me. It is a privilege. So tell us about your background and your role at Fisher Phillips. I was a practicing attorney,
0: labor and employment attorney for about 10 years or so. I was a partner at my prior firm and then I moved into a knowledge management field and I've been in the knowledge management field now for almost 10 years, heading up a KM group at my prior firm. And for the past year, I've been at Fisher Phillips leading their
1: knowledge management team. How has knowledge management changed over the past few months?
0: In the COVID-19 era, it certainly has changed a lot. It's more in the forefront than it ever was before. We have attorneys working remotely. We have clients working remotely. We have everyone up and down the line, both at our law firms and also at our clients' locations, doing things differently. They need information faster. They need information quicker. The laws keep changing. Information about COVID-19 itself keeps coming in all the time, and a lot of it is contradictory. A lot of it is changing. And knowledge management is really in a sweet spot, from my perspective, to help people get the information that they need when they need it, timely, to help people collaborate remotely, to help people find answers quickly, to give our clients the ability to find information when they need it, which might be at 2 in the morning, 4 in the morning, whatever the case may be. So it's really changed the way we've gone about how we interact with our clients, how we collaborate with ourselves. And all of these things, There are just some great KM solutions out there, and ones that we're rolling out that can help people get information faster, help our attorneys do things more efficiently and help clients get answers more quickly. All those things are just terrific for KM practitioners and we're doing everything we can to help this challenging time be handled a little bit more smoothly.
1: Are there changes in law firms that will become permanent and others that might revert back? I definitely think so. Some of the ones that will become permanent, our attorneys have gotten
0: really, really good at collaborating remotely. We didn't have, for instance, a lot of our attorneys using Microsoft Teams to collaborate, that people used to send things via email. We didn't have a lot of our attorneys comfortable going to SharePoint repositories and SharePoint pages to find information about given topics. They would deal with it in a more older fashion, whether it was sending emails or calling someone up and so on. But now our attorneys are just very comfortable doing things with systems that are in place to help collaborate remotely, whether it's Microsoft Teams, whether it's SharePoint, whether it's using a Zoom or Ring Central. They are very comfortable now getting information and sharing information in real time electronically. I don't think we're gonna go back to a situation where people are just gonna go back to emails for things like this. People now realize that it's a much better system when people can collaborate and communicate using these technologies without having to go back to sending emails for every single thing. We'll probably have people going back to the office more than they are now. Whether it will be back to the standard of 95% or so of your time in your office, that probably won't happen. Hopefully in half a year or so, most of the legal profession will be seeing people face-to-face more than they are now.
1: Fisher Phillips recently developed an alliance with LegalMation and Thomson Reuters. What was the genesis of that project?
0: I joined Fisher Phillips about a year ago. And I think on my very first interview with a member of the firm's management committee, this potential project is something that actually came up as something at the top of their wish list. Predictive analytics is something that my firm has been keeping on their radar for a long time being that we specialize in labor and employment law, we have so much data on labor and employment law because it's all we do, right? So all the data that we have at our firm is relevant to practitioners in our firm. And we've been looking for a way to try to take the value out of that data and make better predictions going forward. So this is something that we've long thought about and we're excited to try to kick off. And one of the things I realized early on was that this would be a challenging project to try to do ourselves, right? To try to do it internally at our firm. And I knew that there's some companies out there doing some really great things independently, but not necessarily together. Just what way of example, and these are the companies that we ended up working with, LegalMation was doing some fantastic things using artificial intelligence for predictive analytics on a law firm's internal data. That was terrific, right? That's what we wanted to do, or at least half of what we wanted to do. And Thomson Reuters made available their API to get us external analytics and be able to sort of play with that internally. And that was a great thing that they made available. But the best part about it from my perspective is I was having a conversation with Thomas Stu from Legal and with Zorik Pesachinski from Thomson Reuters and we realized that this concept that we had at Fisher Phillips of bringing the external data together with the internal data in one system so we could make predictions based on both of those together was sort of a common vision for the three of us but none of us really knew that there were another company and a law firm that wanted to do this all at the same time. So We were thrilled when we knew that we had the three of us, right, the three parts, internal research and artificial intelligence data analytics, plus the external content analytics, plus a law firm that wanted to bring it all together. So it was just a great realization when we all came to the conclusion that, wow, we should all do this together. Because from my perspective, if you have two companies, one handling internal data, one handling external data, and they don't want to work together, it'll be a much more challenging project. Because... You have to normalize all the data. You have to have them work together. You want to have it all match up properly and know all the data points that you want to compare to one another. And if those two outside companies don't want to work together, all the burden of handling all that coordination falls on us to try to make sense of it. So from my perspective, boy, it was great that we had Legal Mation and Thomson Reuters wanted to work on this project with us so we could do it all at once. What is your goal for the initiative? A nice anecdote that I just heard a couple days ago. There was an artificial intelligence app out there to help loan companies, underwriters decide whether or not they should offer a loan. And one of the things that they realized from this app was that one of the best indicators of whether or not a loan would be defaulted on was the battery on the cell phone of the person applying for the loan. So if the battery is about to die, if it's at 20% versus 40% versus 90%, that was a real great indication as to whether or not the loan would be defaulted on. And I just thought that was terrific because it's not one of those things that you think about when you're trying to think of data points that are relevant. But boy, it sure turned out to be relevant. So we're looking for the same thing. We're looking to take all the information from our firm systems, whether it's our time and billing systems, whether it's the actual case documents themselves, complaints, opinions, settlement agreements, and so on, and try to run it through this system and then figure out from it what sort of things we can learn from it. That could help us drive our strategy that could help us do better budgets, that could help us price AFAs better, it could help us figure out which cases are more or less problematic, a whole host of things we could try to figure out. Whether or not we'll get to that cell phone charge completely unexpected thing, maybe we will, but I'm sure we'll be able to figure out things like with this particular case type, what's likely to happen, what's a settlement amount likely to be with this opposing counsel before this judge in this venue, and so on. So all of this sort of information, as well as what will it tend to cost for the various stages? What do these kinds of cases tend to cost in discovery based upon reams and reams and reams, virtually, of data? All of those sorts of things we're excited to try to find out about, and this tool is going to hopefully get us there.
1: How do you expect this data to benefit the firm's clients and practitioners? Whenever we can
0: make better predictions, it benefits both our practitioners and our clients. Our clients are always looking for predictability. They're looking to know what certain kinds of cases are going to cost. They're looking to know how certain cases will resolve. They're looking to try to figure out whether or not their budgets are accurate or not. And this sort of a system will give us data points that we can use to help price AFAs, to help come up with those budgets, to help in our initial case assessment to say, this is what we think is likely gonna happen. We've handled 712 cases just like this. And when you turn the toggle to an age discrimination case, and the person is between 46 and 48 years of age, this tends to happen in this venue. That sort of stuff is just terrific for our practitioners because, boy, they're a lot smarter now than they were without having the ability to hone in on that data. And our clients love it because they will be able to make better judgment calls as to whether to push a case forward, whether to settle it, how to handle it, what to tell their board as to what the likelihood is of X, Y, and Z happening, and so on. Whenever you can get benefits like that out of the data, you were certainly advancing the ball, both for the practitioners and for the clients.
1: What does this heightened focus on automation mean for the future of legal practice?
0: It benefits both attorneys and clients as well. Automation will help take out some of that busy work, the stuff that unfortunately has to be paid by someone, whether it's a law firm that works against their bottom line, or whether it's a client that has to pay it in fees and so on. Anytime you can take repeatable tasks and do them more quickly, it is better for both sides. And just to give an example, with this project here, if it was a manual process where we would have to go and type in all the information, we'd have to go and find all of our complaints and type in all of the causes of action and type in the parties and type in the judge, then find our settlement agreements and type in what it settled for and then enter in all our time billing information. Sure, we'd get there, but it's really not scalable, especially when we're trying to get the vast amount of data that we're trying to get into this system. One of the nice aspects about this project here is that we're not just asking attorneys, for instance, to provide answers to all these questions. We're automating it. So what LegalMation could do, and this is one of the reasons why we are so excited to work with them, is that we'll be able to just push complaints, opinions, push settlement agreements, and so on into this system. And then their artificial intelligence will essentially automate the process of pulling out all the key aspects of each of these documents. And then we could run those reports and so on from it. I think automation in terms of this project is going to be huge because it'll sort of ensure the success of the project. If we had to go and rely upon people to do it, especially the practicing attorneys, unfortunately, we probably wouldn't have the response rate and response speed that we'd like because they're moving on to the next case or the next deposition or the next whatever the case may be. Of course, automation in general is just a tremendous thing. Anytime that we can take things and do them smarter and faster without compromising quality, it's a benefit to our clients. We would love to have the opportunity to work for more clients and do more business without having to spend time doing things that could be automated. So anytime we can be more efficient with these processes, we're going to do that. You could pass the savings along to your clients, and then you'll be able to fill your time more often than not with other clients who are happy and come to us because they know that we do things not just quickly, but really, really well with better ability to do predictions and so on.
1: Where do you see the connection between law firms and technology providers headed?
0: This is just a really great opportunity, and it's a great example to show why collaboration between the law firms and the providers is just so key. There are a number of scenarios, and this is one of them, where I think if they weren't willing to work with us so closely, this would never be as successful as I think it will be. We have another few collaborations. We have one with Blue Jay Legal, where we're going to be working with them to bring their product to the United States, their artificial intelligence prediction tool for what's likely to happen in a case based upon case law. And that's an exciting one from my perspective, but it's the collaboration with a great vendor out there that I think is what's going to make that one a success as well. I'm seeing more and more vendors out there that are just thrilled to be able to work with law firms, especially labor and employment firms, it seems. So I'm happy to be in that field because we've had some great success working with vendors to do really cool things. And every time that I seem to have the opportunity to work with a vendor, especially early on in the life cycle of that vendor's existence, it's always worked out well for me. And I think it's worked out well for the vendor because we've been able to help champion them. When we see they have a good product, it's great for them to be able to say, hey, we're working with this law firm and that gives them a little credibility. But it's also great because I think that there's certainly a give and take. We got a great product. We're able to help guide the way the product works with something like this Thomson Reuters legal Nation engagement. As we roll this out, certainly this is something that they're not just going to stop working with our firm. They're going to be able to roll this out elsewhere, presumably once this is up and running and working well it's a nice opportunity to really raise up the bar for everyone when you get to work together like this.
1: This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Evan Shankman, the senior director of knowledge management at Fisher Phillips, a labor and employment law firm. Evan, thanks so much. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you. And anytime.
0: Thank you for listening to the reinventing professionals podcast, visit reinventingprofessionals.com or Ari Kaplan to learn more.